0: Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: The Volume.
0: Just a reminder that you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is the new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while I'm recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at Chris Mannix to get notified when I go live.
3: This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Somebody punch him in the face.
0: Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and
3: everything going on in the world of boxing.
0: When you have talent, you are given another chance.
3: Here's Chris Mannix. All right, it
0: is fight day in Las Vegas. Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. The fight for welterweight supremacy, maybe even the fight for pound-for-pound for pound supremacy. So we've got a great bonus episode for you This week, we begin with Al Bernstein, the Boxing Hall of Famer. He will be on the call on Showtime pay per view on Saturday from T Mobile Arena. He joins me to talk all things Spence versus Crawford, from the weight to the car accident that Spence suffered and what he looks like after that to some of the things that Terrence Crawford can do to win. Great conversation with Al Bernstein. Later on, you are going to hear from both combatants live, exclusively here on the podcast. Errol Spence will join me. Terrence Crawford will join me. We'll talk about this matchup and what it means for both men. So stick around. We have a tremendous bonus fight day episode for you, and it all begins right now with the great Al Bernstein. All right, Al Bernstein, longtime boxing broadcaster, inductee to the Boxing Hall of Fame. He will be ringside on Saturday for the biggest fight of the year, probably the biggest fight we've seen In many years, when Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence face off for welterweight supremacy. That's a fight you can watch live on Showtime pay-per-view. Al, also an accomplished recording artist, accomplished singer, uh, spent his Thursday night during fight week entertaining Manny, including some boxing media, Al. Because I was scrolling through my timeline on Thursday, and I see pictures of you at the Tuscany Hotel uh entertaining the crowd i mean uh just i know you've talked about it many times in the past but how did that become a passion of yours
3: you know i always i always liked music uh and enjoyed performing and then when i uh came out to vegas in the late 80s i would sit in with a lot of different people and perform and and then uh, one night before the three three months before the Hagler leonard fight i was having dinner with some executives from caesar's palace And uh, Barry McGuigan's dad had been was a pub singer, had performed at the Caesars Palace Lounge three nights leading up to one of Barry's fights. And the uh, one of the executives said, don't you sing? And I said, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed doing music. He said, "Okay, you're going to do three nights leading it up to the Hagler Leonard fight. (laughs) And I'm like, "Okay." I didn't have an act or a band, but I said, "Okay, I figured it out. We did it, and then ever since I have been doing the uh, music.
0: Are there any similarities between performing on stage to calling a fight?
3: Almost none, really, because it's really weird, you know you're when you are in front of an audience, you're there with however, whether it's three hundred or four hundred or two hundred and you're and you're interacting live with them, and it's of the moment for TV you don't see the people right chris you know you're I, I don't know how your approach is but for me it's just that one camera i'm talking to one person and or one entity and so it's it's very different i mean the only the only thing that makes it similar is um that you've got kind of an organized approach which you hope you do in terms of presenting the material but yeah it's a it's a whole different trip and 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 i think maybe that's part of what makes it fascinating to do both those things
0: there's a lot of energy right now in Las Vegas for this fight. Um, Yeah. Do you, as a broadcaster, do you get that extra energy? Do you get nervous before a a significant fight like this?
3: You know, I don't know if it's getting nervous. You feel the, you know, the, the enormity of it and you, uh, and honestly, I try to not let that influence me in, in a certain way because to me it's, It's like calling any other fight, uh, though, of course, you understand it's important. Uh, So it doesn't I don't think I feel anything super different because, you you know, every show is important and every show is something where you're being seen by a lot of people and you want to do your best. Um, so I don't know if it if it's nervous, but I will say that I started something at that Hagler uh, at the Hagler Hearns fight where I took my headphones off back in 1985, just drink in the atmosphere at that outdoor arena at uh, Caesar's Palace, and it it kind of helped me appreciate the moment, and I do that now. For every single fight that I announce, I take that moment when they're announcing fighters, I take my headsets off, look around, and just kind of drink in the atmosphere.
0: That's interesting. I may have to adopt that because, you know, the the big fights I've got a chance to work, whether it's Anthony Joshua or Taylor Mm Serrano or any of the Canelo fights, you know, people have often asked me, like, was the atmosphere great? And as you well know, if you have your headphones on... You have no idea. Like you're, you're hearing the truck in your ear, you're hearing your broadcast partners. You're, you're not getting off. a fraction of what the atmosphere is really like.
3: No, and you're not gonna through the whole fight. But that was kind of my way of just making a connection. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good idea.
0: Uh, something I'm now gonna steal from you and uh,
3: use. Oh, well, good. I made a suggestion. Use to you. in there future you fights. I'm, I'm part of the pro- the the solution, not the problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you've got two guys here. And Spence and Crawford, mm-hmm. who are both elite top five pound for pound yeah. guys. Spence, yeah. uh, undefeated, uh, Crawford, undefeated. Um, what's the biggest variable for you going into this fight?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, uh, the the maybe if you had to pick one, uh, you just won, it might be the power or how the power will impact itself from Crawford. You know, Crawford is rightly thought of. I mean, when you look at the dictionary and you see the phrase boxer puncher in it, his picture is next to it, right? He's the ultimate boxer puncher. However, lost in that shuffle is the fact that he has the second longest uh, streak of knockouts among all male uh, champions. Now 10 straight knockouts. So, his power comes from counterpunching it comes from the other fighter coming forward helping him with the you know the severity of the blow and he gets knockouts the question in this fight is going to be will he hurt spence at all during the fight um and if he doesn't will he be able to um will he be able to uh Will he be able to, you know, continue to box, keep him off him, and make and make his game plan work for a victory? So that's one of the quite I mean, one of the questions that I'm curious to see uh, how it plays itself out.
0: You had a chance to call Spence against Jordanis Ugas in his last fight in April yeah. of 2022. Um, it was the second fight for Errol Spence after Mm -hmm. that car accident that that nearly killed him it was a significant car accident back in the fall of 2019 you've watched i'm sure a lot of spence fights over the years when you watch spence versus ugas did you see the same fighter that you saw prior to the accident
3: yeah that's also a good question it's one I've, I've, i've discussed with people um i'm gonna say yes because uh his his skill set and the things he was doing don't vary. And of course that's part of the, the Errol Spence story, his consistency, you know, he, what you see is what you get with Errol Spence. You know, he comes into that ring, he is earnest in his and dogged in his approach. He's going to walk you down. He's going to go to the body. He's going to throw g- good right hooks, good straight left hands. Now, In the fight with Ugas, his task was made a little simpler by the fact that Ugas stayed right in the pocket with him. Uh, That doesn't mean that Ugas was without guile. Uh, Even Ugas standing in the pocket in front of him is a clever guy. But it helped Spence be himself, if that makes any sense. And um, one of the intriguing things about this fight is, of course, he's facing the ultimate trap setter, the ultimate a um, uh, fighter filled with guile and filled with, uh, you know, with uh, with clever uh, things that he does in the ring. So we, would we in this fight see something from Spence, like maybe less movement than we thought we would see from him uh, getting to Crawford? But I didn't see anything in him, in Spence, that looked like he was diminished physically. And there were no, from the, 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 uh, Car accident. There was no chronic, recurring thing, right? That you know, a lot of times when fighters have either an incident with a car or a gun or 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 some injury, there's one part of it that is remains chronic. There hasn't been that with Spence.
0: You know, we hear trap setter or how a fighter sets traps a lot in boxing. I'm not sure a lot of many people really know exactly what that means when you watch Crawford fight and you watch him on film how does he do it how does he set guys up for those knockout shots because he is just as powerful at 147 as he was in the lower weight classes
3: yeah which is interesting when you think about it. the way he does it is by uh appearing to be more of a boxer in quotes than he actually is he is moving he is uh trying to give you different angles, but he is always waiting for that moment when he can unleash a good straight left hand. And he will, the other thing about him is he's very good at immediately planting his feet to give those shots power. Sometimes people that are boxing, it's hard. It's not that easy to be moving and be able to at an instant plant yourself without putting yourself in harm's way. He's able to do that. And so, his way of, of of laying those traps oftentimes uh, is to give you what appears to be more movement than you're getting from him. And all the while you're just being reeled in to get right in range for one of those straight left hands or an uppercut, you know, that he's going to land against you. That's why I think for Errol Spence, very important for him to do two things, jab his way in and keep jabbing. Don't stop jabbing while you're coming in because – That'll disrupt a little of this trap setting, and move your head when you're coming in.
0: Yeah, and you know I mentioned the questions I have about Spence in the aftermath of that car accident. I really don't have any Al about Terrence Crawford. Yeah, he's had some bouts of inactivity, you know, especially after the split with Top Rank. But you know, he he looks at 36, just as strong or stronger as he did at 33 or 30. In fact, I can make an argument that. The fact that this fight waited a few extra years may have benefited Terence Crawford because I look at him standing there and yeah he's he's got a cut weight and that's difficult but he's a full-fledged welterweight now. He was walking around now in the 160s and whereas you know years earlier he wasn't getting all that high. I think Crawford the time spent waiting for this fight to happen I think has given Crawford a little extra time to fill into that body and I think that'll be advantageous for him coming into this fight.
3: That could well be obviously because he came up from the lower weights, and um, and at each stop along the way, people have said, you know, as they often do, is that one weight class too much? Uh, and he's clearly demonstrated that 147 is not one weight class too much for him, uh, just as we saw in a way demonstrate about 122 the other night. Um, so we, so your, your uh, theory is an interesting one because. He now is at the point where he is very much a full fledged middleweight, and even when you're looking at the two just standing in front of each other for the in you know, the faceoff, nobody there. Terence Crawford didn't look like somebody of a lesser weight class. You know, he had a slight height height advantage. He his his body looked like it belonged exactly with Errol Spence.
0: Uh, is and. On the flip side of that, and maybe I keep bringing up questions about Spence, maybe this is kind of why I lean towards Crawford in in what is very much a 50-50 fight. If I go one Mm -hmm. way, it's 51-49, 52-48. But when I look at Spence, who fought in the Olympics at 152, who has been a career-long welterweight or higher, who we know over the last few months had at least one foot out the door Towards the junior mm. middleweight division, who just said this week in an interview that this would be his last fight at 147, win or lose. It it makes me wonder, Al, if burning that getting down to 147, which he always does, very professional, but burning down to 147 might get you know, might cost him something in the later rounds. I'm sure you've seen it many times in the past where that weight drain yeah. it, it gets you if you're a certain, if you're a certain fighter in those later rounds. And I don't think Crawford's going to be as bothered by it as Errol Spence is. And, and, and every time I see him at one of these press events this week, you know, Crawford has never been an outgoing guy, but he's Crawford. Whereas Spence, you know, very he's subdued, I think, at times when I see him. And he, again, he's not a huge outgoing guy either, but...
3: Yeah, no, I mean, Errol Spence has an equanimity about him that is interesting. I mean, even when we were doing the, I mean... Just doing the fighter interviews with him and being around him and whatever. Uh, so I think some of that demeanor is his equanimity. Uh, even even a lot of people are trying to read into the idea that he turned away during the face off. Nah, it does it all and, the time. Yeah, saying look shook and everything. I, it's funny. I kind of see that a little bit more as Errol Spence just saying, okay, it's time to turn away. I'm I'm done with this, and I'm going to turn away. And and I think there's there's a certain equanimity about him that uh that could be something else, but I think in the most for the most part it's that. And um and I think that's kind of what we're you know what we're seeing here. Um and and I think uh that there it's it's very hard to read in with these guys because neither of them wears their heart on their sleeve neither of them you know they've had their moments like we had at the press conference the other day with Terence Crawford making that impassioned plea about uh, you know the things to do with the family and all the rest uh and Spence reacting but even in that you know it, it it's pretty hard to read into uh, too much i think to it but um but we're going to find out and and you know that you, you mentioned the being ready to step out of the weight class. Yes, Errol Spence is ready to step out of the weight class. I think though that making the weight, when you, especially when you know you only have to do it one more time, and it's for the biggest fight of your career. I think you can you can kind of make a case that he will, and because he's, as you point out, he's done it professionally, and everything about him is about consistency, I don't think that's going to be a monstrous issue. Now, of course, we can say that, but it's only not an issue until it's an issue, right? So who knows? Maybe this final last time could be the one that's like, "Mm," makes him just a little less. And it's important for him, in my opinion, in those later rounds. Crawford has a, a habit, as you know, of giving up a lot of early rounds, often does it. And then he has to come back uh, with those miracle finishes, you know, like Joe Montana from Notre Dame a million years ago, right? I mean, I'm dating myself, but he used to pull every game out of the fire for Notre Dame. But uh, so Spence doesn't want to be in a position where Crawford can do that against him because he slowed a little in those later rounds.
0: And I give Spence a lot of credit for forcing this fight over the finish line. It, it certainly takes mm-hmm. two to tango here, but. Spence could That'd have made pretty good money moving up to junior middleweight yeah. to fight Keith right. Thurman, but he clearly recognized that this would have been legacy tainting if this fight yeah. didn't happen. I mean, we finally got Bay with her Pacquiao. We can quibble about how it all played out, but you know, it, this maybe wouldn't have been on that level, but it would have been right below if it didn't happen, if these two guys at welterweight yeah. did not meet to determine who was the best fighter. And I give Spence a lot of credit for you know, pushing it and saying, I'm going to stay at this weight class. Even when people are telling me, just go up, forget about it. It's getting too hard. He said, no, we got to get it done. I, I think when you make the pie chart of who deserves the most yeah. credit for this fight happening, I think Errol Spence, frankly, gets uh, a lion's share of that.
3: Yeah, he probably was more of a of a force in that as you point out obviously both men came together and did their part but but had errol spence not been as dogged in his attempt to get this fight it's conceivable we wouldn't have had it
0: all right last question for you we rarely get a week where pound for pound rankings can get shaken up as much as they have uh on tuesday we had noya in a way just dominate and knock out Stephen Fulton, making his case to be number one pound for pound. In the mind of you, Al Bernstein, uh, is the winner of Spence versus Crawford pound for pound? Does it depend how it plays out? Is in a way pound for pound no matter what? Where do you come down on the great pound for pound debate?
3: Okay, so I'm going to look here like I'm a cranky Ron DeSantis answering this question because... (laughs) (laughs) I am not a pound for guy. I, I actually, it rankles me. (laughs) And so it's on the last, I'm probably not the right person to ask this question of, but I will frame it in a different way. What we're seeing. And as you aptly point out, we saw in a way with a, a remarkable performance against Stephen Fulton in a fight that I think we all thought would be super competitive and, and a very difficult one for either man to win. Um, and I even think as we got closer to the fight, there were more people leaning to Fulton than than had previously done it. So that performance was astonishing. And, of course, fans love to think about who's the best fighter in boxing. Um, so what I take away from this week is that we have this extraordinary week in which we have four of the best fighters in the sport, <clears throat> you know, meeting uh, and kind of trying to show us who they think is is the best. And uh, I don't know where it ends up or where it lands. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that, uh, that in a sport that is so dependent on marketing yourself through your performances as a step above, that's how extra revenue comes to you. That's how opportunities come to you. more and more fighters are keenly aware of of what it takes to to do that and the vehicle for that it appears is this pound for pound list that everybody likes to talk about everyone on the planet except for me apparently so yeah this is a big week in terms of the overall picture in boxing
0: see al you're just a little too far removed from your print journalism days. Cause print journalism would be all about the pound for pound rankings. Cause that's engagement. <laughs> that's web yeah, traffic. Apparently. That's
3: all the good I, stuff. I've, I've gone so far to the dark side, right. That <laughs> I, that I, that I can't even, uh, I can't even find the force anymore.
0: It's a good side to be on, though. Al Bernstein from Tuscany to T-Mobile on Saturday. Oh, I like that.
3: Alliteration.
0: Very good. I try, Al. I try whenever I can. We'll be live on the call. Showtime pay-per-view. Spence versus Crawford. going to be an unbelievable fight. I'm envious of you, Al, getting to sit there and call that fight. Good luck to you, and
3: uh, I'm looking forward to a great show. Thank you, Chris. Good to talk to you.
0: And when we come back, my conversation with Errol Spence
1: and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
3: Did we just invent
1: California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
0: All right, Errol Spence is the undefeated, unified, 147-pound champion. On Saturday, he will attempt to add the final piece of the Welterweight crown to his collection. He takes on Terrence Crawford in what is easily the biggest fight of the year, maybe the biggest fight we've seen in boxing in many years, a fight you could watch on Showtime pay-per-view. Errol, so this fight is happening days away. I know there were a lot of skeptics out there that didn't believe it was going to happen, I'm sure including you at, at some point over the last couple of years. How close were you to say, you know what, screw it, I'm going to 154?
2: Um, I wasn't close at all. No, even my handlers was telling me to um, to either move up or move on. Like, you know, it's too hard of a negotiation, but I I stuck to negotiations. I said, no, we can make this fight happen. um, You know, eventually it happened. It definitely took a while, but um, it happened now, and I feel like this fight is – the biggest fight not only a decade but probably the last 20 years um is very you got a guy like him he's undefeated I'm undefeated we're the best fighters in our weight class and we're the top pound pound number five guys so I mean, you ready to get that, you know, two top five, number, pound pound guys fighting each other for all the marvels that they, they're both undefeated. So, it's going to be huge. I can't wait for it. I'm super excited for this fight. I finally get to show everybody why I am the best Westwood in the world, but I'm the best in the world I am the best fighter in the world.
0: You could have made good money moving up in weight, fighting Keith Thurman, fought for belts there. Why was it important to you to get this fight over the finish line?
2: Uh, because it's more about, I mean, this is not only a legacy defining fight, but this is, this is just a, a great fight, period. And I feel like I would have had his name over my head if I would have moved up and followed the people. Everybody would have still put my name with his name and the same thing with him and they would have put my name with his name. So I feel like just, uh, you know, all the naysayers are saying different things. They were saying he gonna be me and saying that he's a better fighter than me. I would rather put that to rest. Come July 29th on Showtime for review. I'm willing to put everything on the line, do everything it takes to win this fight. So everybody, you gotta make sure they tune in. It's gonna be one for the books. Can you remember the last time you were an underdog
4: <laughs>
2: um I think the killed bullfight i was I was an underdog <laughs> does it feel strange being the underdog again? I definitely don't feel strange is is motivation I use everything of that in motivation so um you no know, it's just motivation <laughs> people have me the underdog or, People was saying he has more tools than me or he's more versatile than me. All that sounds good, but I relate to, to it just like how I said in basketball with the San Antonio Spurs. You know, they're not really that appealing. He, people, younger guys would choose Kevin Garnett over Tim Duncan because, you know, Kevin Garnett is more flashy. and He's more easy on the eyes. but the Spurs are more, you know, just getting a job done. He was called Mr. Fundamentals. And that's where I am. I am fundamental sound. I do everything, you know, by the book. And, you know, I still look good.
3: So.
0: <laughs> you have not fought since April of last year. Is there any concern within you about ring rust or, you know, the, the time, the layoff?
2: Uh, There's no, no concerns. All. As long as I'm feeling good, I'm going to put on the great show. Um, I had, you know, I have layoff, but... It's not it's not due to an injury. Last time, last two times I had layouts, it, it was from a car accident because of eye injury. So I feel like that was a lot worse, especially car accident. You know, I was recovering mentally, not only mentally, but physically, too. And I still took the fight. So, you know, this time I feel like I'm well rested. You know, I've been spending a lot of time with my family and just doing the right things outside the ring to help me focus on this fight. I feel like it's having a great time. I'm in a great headspace, and I just can't wait to show everybody what I'm capable of. Yeah, It
0: really is remarkable that you're here, given all that you've gone through and all the things you've battled back from. Uh, one of the questions I'm sure you hear about a lot is, is Errol Spence the same fighter he was before all this, before the accident, before the eye injury. How would you answer that question?
2: Um, I my answer by just looking at my body at work after the car accident, after the eye injury, after everything that, that happens, you know, my body works for itself. So you can speculate or you know, say what they want. Well, it comes July twenty ninth on Showtime Perfect View. I'm gonna we'll put on another spectacular showing and show everybody why I am the best fighter in the world, why I'm the best fighter at 147 pounds, and why I will go down as as a as a as a, as a great, especially in the welterweight division. Last question for
0: you: Your gym nowadays is a pretty impressive place. You're there. Anthony Joshua is there. Frank Martin, your guy, is there. Jermell Charlo is there. Now Ryan Garcia is there. What's it like to kind of show up to that gym and look around and see that kind of star power?
2: It's great. It, it pushes you hard because everybody had fights. Like Frank Martin, he just had a fight. Um, you got Anthony Joshua's fighting in August. Um, Ryan has a fight coming up, uh, Jamel has a fight coming up, so everybody's training hard, everybody's motivated by each other because you see everybody had different time slots. But yeah, coming in and out of the gym, I'm seeing NT Josh, I'm seeing them i'm seeing them work out. <laughs> Ryan Garcia, I don't see me sparring, seeing me work out. So, of course, you know, you're extra motivated by seeing these guys, you want to keep working and you want to look good because you know, another world champion or ex world champion or just a spectacular athlete is in the gym and he's watching you work out. So it's definitely motivating just being around other great athletes and just picking each other's brains and, you know, talking to each other and figuring out different things and figure out what they do to make themselves better. And um, you tell them the same thing. How's Derek juggling those responsibilities? Uh, Derek's doing it well. Um, everybody, like I said, had different time slots. I worked out in the, it's hundred some degrees in gym, so I work out in the <laughs> morning, at like eight nine o'clock. Josh would come after that. Frank come in, and then Ryan Garcia comes in. So everybody had different time slots, so he can focus on each guy and make sure that everybody get everything instead of just everybody coming to gym together and everybody training at the same time. And, um, you know, he can't work with everybody the same way.
0: Well, it's great that you made this fight happen, Errol. July 29th, Saturday, Showtime pay-per-view. Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford. Good luck, man, and uh, it's going to be a great event.
2: Uh, Thank you. It's going to be spectacular. I can't wait.
0: And when we come back, my conversation with Terrence Crawford. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about
3: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
3: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
0: The pride of Omaha, Nebraska, Terrence. That's one of the things I like about you. You, uh, you could live anywhere, you could do anything, but you continue to live and train in the same city you grew up in. Have you ever, have you ever had a thought about
4: leaving? I had thoughts, but if my my grandma and my mom and uh, them don't want to move, then I can't, I can't leave them behind.
0: Hmm. Do you still live, am I right, in the same house that you bought with your first million-dollar check? Yes. I'm guessing you've added a few things over the last couple of years, though, right?
4: Yeah, I had some. Kid, children over the last few <laughs> years, but I'm I'm currently getting a, a new house built right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been in the process of getting a new house built for uh, some time now. Mm-hmm.
0: So you you've been in Vegas for a few days now. Are you starting to feel some of the juice that's around this fight?
4: Oh, I've been feeling. Felt the juice around this fight. You know, uh, this is a big fight. Everywhere I go, people's uh, talking about it prior to the fight even being made. So I know what's what's at stake. I know the significance uh, that this fight is going to uh, take, and I know uh, the buildup is, is 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 great.
0: This is now. Five years for you as a full fledged welterweight. What's different from uh, with you from the guy that moved up in 2018 to fight Jeff Horn?
4: I'm more experienced. I'm uh, I'm stronger. I'm more filled out. Uh, I'm just a better overall welterweight.
0: I was going to say you you do look you know. You, you you have filled out. You do look physically the part of a welterweight. Do you feel stronger now, having been in this weight class for five years?
4: Oh, definitely. I feel mm-hmm. I feel way stronger now than I did back when I fought Jeff Warren, and I, I feel that it shows uh, when I fight. Mm-hmm.
0: Back in twenty twenty, you know, when this fight was was being talked about a lot, uh, Spence was recovering from that car accident. When you were asked about fighting him back then, and I think I asked you as well, you, you said you wanted to get see him get back in the ring first before you did fight him. He's had a couple of fights since then. Uh, what do you see in the post-accident version of Errol Spence?
4: Well, he's he did everything he had to do to keep a perfect record. He looked uh, sharp in his last fight. He did uh, real good against Ugas. And uh, he's not coming off of an accident. He's not coming off of an injury. So what better uh, time to fight than right now? Do you see the same fighter? Yeah, I see the same fighter. I just think he's more uh, mature now and uh, taking things a little more serious than he once was back back then. Hmm.
0: What would you say is the most dangerous thing about Errol Spence?
4: Uh, I would think, I don't know. I really can't say because I've never been in a ring with him. So I can't actually uh, say probably his relentless and is, is his ability to wear fighters down.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you had to train any differently for this fight considering the challenge?
4: Not at all. Not at all. Uh, just sharpen up myself and make sure that I'm 110% ready for whatever you bring to the table mm.
0: I'm sure you've, you've, you saw or at least heard about what Inouye did on Tuesday night or Tuesday morning I guess uh, you see a lot of people saying that Inouye should be number one on the, the, the pound for pound list uh, regardless really of what happens between you two on Saturday in your mind is the winner of this fight unquestionably number one pound for pound
4: 100%. Everybody in the world knows that the winner of this fight is number one pound for pound fighter in the world, undisputed. Mm. You know, uh, there's no comparison, not to take anything away from him in a way. He's a uh, talented fighter. He's he's great at what he does, and uh, he looked spectacular in his uh, recent fight. But everybody in the world knows this is a fight where you got. The number one pound-for-pound fighter fighting the number four pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Uh, no disrespect to Steph Fulham, but he wasn't nowhere near the pound-for-pound list. So that tells you something right there.
0: Well, either way, it's going to be a great fight. Terrence, good luck to you on Saturday. I'm glad this fight's finally happening. Glad for you. Glad for boxing. And uh it's going to be a great event, man. Good luck. Thank you. All right, time now for my official prediction, and this was as tough a pick to make as I've ever had to make since I've been making picks on this podcast. These two guys are equals. They are. Uh, Spence probably has a little bit of a better resume. Crawford, I think, is a little bit more naturally talented, but in every possible way, it's a 50-50 fight. So my official prediction... Terrence Crawford by decision. Got this at plus 165 over at FanDuel. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, For starters, I think Crawford has a few too many tools that he can go to in a fight like this. What I mean is that I think Crawford's a little more dynamic than Errol Spence. I think he can win a boxing match. I think he can win a brawl. I think he's got power in both hands and has really grown into that over the last seven years since he's been fighting... Uh, at welterweight so or five years i guess since he's been fighting at welterweight so i think he has a little bit more in the tank than errol spence i'm also frankly a little concerned about where errol spence is right now i mean he's got a great resume no question about that Beaten almost everybody at 147 but he has fought just two times since that horrific car accident back in the fall of 2019 in between he had a significant eye injury that cost him an opportunity to major Manny Pacquiao fight and you know is something that I still wonder about even to this day. So factor all those things in and I think Crawford has a slight edge. I think Spence is going to win some of the early rounds because Crawford is a slow starter, but I think Crawford gains steam in the middle portion of the fight and towards the end and winds up winning a close decision. So I'm taking Terrence Crawford, by decision, plus 165 over at FanDuel. That's my pick. It is going to be, though, a terrific fight on Saturday night. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Al Bernstein, Errol Spence, and Terrence Croft for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download
3: podcasts. And I'll see you next week. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
3: Did we just invent
1: California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise.